guys. Welcome back to the Switch Podcast. I'm Jake. And I'm also Jake. And today we're joined by a very special guest. Today we have Giants outfielder Mike Yastrzemski. Mike, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I mean, how's the offseason going? I know spring training starting back up. So, I mean, how's it all going for you right now? It's good. Thanks for having me on, first of all. Uh, I'm excited to talk with you guys. And, you know, I think it's really cool what you guys are doing. So this is uh, special for me. So, yeah, uh, offseason's been going good. Been uh, took the first probably three weeks to just kind of relax, do some family time do a little traveling and uh now i'm actually just got back to arizona ready to get things going and uh excited for another season sounds great so our first question for you mike is what gets interested in baseball um other than probably the obvious of my family history um you know that was probably the first thing that that i knew of baseball was that my family played um and I'm a big family guy. I love, love being around my family as much as possible. So that was the first thing. But, you know, I, I think it started before I even knew what baseball was. Um, my mom used to tell me that when I was in diapers, I would swing my toothbrush like it was a baseball bat. Um, and I guess that's kind of funny because I say that the first time I knew that I wanted to play baseball was – you know, through my family, but apparently I wanted to play before I could even have the concept of family or, uh, or even really knew what baseball was. So, I mean, obviously talking about your family, I mean, your grandfather is probably one of the greatest players, you know, ever play the game. So, I mean, what kind of advice did he give you and like, how did he help you develop your game when you were younger? Um, so we used to hit together on every Sunday when I was in high school. So he gave me a lot of advice on hitting and he actually just wanted me to do whatever I wanted to do, which was the best advice that I could get from any of my family. You know, my parents were the same way. He was the same way. And they said, if you don't want to play baseball, that's fine. They didn't want to push me into it because they knew that if I wanted to pursue it, number one, I would. And number two, in order to be good enough to, to make it, I'd have to learn a lot of skills that, weren't going to be acquired if I was forced to do something. So I had to learn to, to have passion, to work hard, uh, to be a good teammate, lots of different things. So those are all things that they let me experience for myself and didn't force anything on me, which was awesome. So your father uh, has passed away, but how's that like sort of passed on to you into like your, your MLB career like now? Yeah. So my dad passed when I was, when I was a kid when I was 14. And so that was one of the the toughest things that I've obviously had to go through. But what it did was create a really special path for me to learn how to deal with adversity, because I wasn't prepared for that. Obviously, no one's ever prepared for things like that. And so what that helped me with was a lot of ability to learn to cope with things that got hard. So when baseball got hard, it was easy because it wasn't the hardest thing I ever had to do in my life. So, you know, as terrible and as hard as it was, it was also kind of a blessing because I got to learn some really unique skills and, you know, create an ability to deal with things that got hard and, you know, make sure that I wasn't dwelling on them or, you know, being able to realize what was actually important in life. 
So who are some like your favorite players growing up and do you have like a favorite team and like what sort of players or play styles do you like watching growing up? Yeah. Um, one of my favorite players ever was Ken Griffey Jr. Uh, you know, like a lot of people. So I loved watching him play, played hard, made unbelievable outfield plays, looked super easy and obviously had the prettiest swing in the game. So that was a, that was an easy front runner for me, but I grew up a Red Sox fan, loved watching Manny play, loved watching Omar play. Um, Pedro was one of the most dominant pitchers in the history of the game. So being able to grow up and watch him do his thing was super cool. So I had a, I had a very lucky upbringing bringing of great players. What was like your whole college recruitment process like? And obviously you ended up at Vanderbilt, which is one of the most, you know, prestigious baseball and academic schools. So the whole recruitment process like for you? Um, It was pretty simple for me. It, it, it kind of, it was really a lot later in your high school career back when I was recruited. So you weren't allowed to start talking to coaches until you were a junior, I believe. So I, I went to a couple camps when I was a junior and actually while I was, I went to a, a camp at Florida state and my dad went to Florida state. So I always wanted to go there growing up. And while I was there, coach Corbin called me and he said, you know, hope you don't commit to Florida state this weekend, you know, keep us in mind. And, and I started digging into it and turns out, you know, I, I wasn't made out to go to Florida state at the time, you know, they didn't think I could, uh, play at that level. So they weren't even going to offer me They, you know, they told me to look at either smaller division one schools in new England or D two D three schools in Florida. So I was like, all right, whatever. That's, that's fine. <clears throat> so I, uh, I got asked to go on a recruiting trip to Vandy and I went there and I knew I was going there if they gave me an opportunity. So when uh, <clears throat> the assistant coach at the time was Eric Backage, when he called me and told me that he had a roster spot for me, I immediately said yes. There wasn't even second thought, and that was the fall of my senior year. So I was uh, not not knowing where I was going to college going into senior year, and even you know two months into the school year, still didn't know. So it was around November. So that was a really fun time to to be able to go through that, and it happened really quick. Do you like personally think that the college route is better than the high school straight to draft route for MLB players? Um, I think it depends on who you are as a person. You know, there are certain guys that are mature and ready to go to play pro ball right away because, you know, it's how you're raised, how you're built. And most people probably really will benefit from college. I definitely did. I had a lot of physical maturing to do. Um, I was a smaller, smaller guy. I still am a smaller guy, but I hadn't really developed a whole lot of strength. And the mentality that I learned at Vanderbilt is something that I will forever be grateful for because it's probably the thing that's made a biggest impact on my successful so far in my entire life. Not, not just baseball wise, but how to be a, a good human being, how to be a good teammate, how to be a leader, how to be a good husband, all these sorts of things came into play. So uh, I am forever indebted to coach Corbin and Vanderbilt because they changed my life. What was it like playing such a prestigious baseball school like Vanderbilt? How is that whole experience like playing college ball? It was awesome. Um, I had never played in front of a crowd, really. You know, usually 
in our high school games in Massachusetts, it was just parents that were watching. And every now and then you'd be facing some really good pitcher who would have some scouts that would come watch them and hopefully you would get a look. So um, getting to play in the SEC and having big crowds and diehard fans was a really, really cool experience. And then being able to go to the College Road Series and play in front of 25,000 people playing on ESPN, that was the first time that I felt like a big stage. And it was really surprising because I didn't know how I'd handle it. And it felt completely normal. It felt like there was nobody watching us. Everything was quiet. And, you know, that's when I kind of felt like I think I had the ability, I guess, to, to be playing at the next level. I mean, looking here, you play with some star players on your college team. You played with Dansby Swanson, Tyler Beattie, T- Tony Kemp, and Walker Bueller all on the same roster. So was it like playing with some of those future stars all together? It was fun. Uh, nobody at that at that point in your life, no one knows that anybody's going to be drafted or be a star or whatever. So um, it's it's cool to have really, really close friends that are also following a similar path and doing great things and making an impact in the world. So it's it's really unique to have such a, a big group of friends that have been so successful, but it's really cool to hear their different paths and where they're at in life. And we all stay in touch still. So it's great. So, uh, I mean, you were drafted three times, once out of high school, once after like your first year in college and then the third time you signed. So, I mean, what was it like getting drafted a few times in that final time? You know, what was it like, you know, signing the contract? <clears throat> call? Yeah. Out of high school, I knew, I wasn't going to sign. I knew I wasn't ready. I knew I wanted to go to college. So it was a really cool honor and I was incredibly excited. It kind of gave me some confidence going into my freshman year, knowing that people have a confidence in my playing ability. So that helped me out a lot. And then the next time I was drafted was probably the toughest time because it came down to the wire. I almost signed and I had made a promise to my dad at one point that I would graduate college. And so when those like 30 seconds were left on the clock, that was the only thing that would go through my head. It wasn't money. It wasn't, I'm going to have to go live somewhere else. I'm going to be completely on my own across the country. It was, I made a promise and I have to keep it. And I knew it was going to be a lot harder to do that if I had signed. So I decided to go back for my senior year and, you know, being able to have one more year to play with your best friends is never a bad opportunity to turn down. So once again, you're going through like the whole minor league system and your rookie year on the Iron Birds, you play with players like Jonathan Scope, Trey Mancini, who are now like also in the LB now. So like, what's it like with playing in the minor league? People think since just, you're not getting as much like recognition and pay isn't as much as the LB, but you're still playing like high level baseball. So what do you think that whole differentiates as you're progressing? Is the transition getting harder or is it all the same? Um, yeah, there's a couple different levels where the jumps feel pretty big. Um, once you get to double A, it feels like a really big jump. You've got guys that are that have been in the big leagues before that are either resurrecting their careers or, you know, trying to fight back to get where they where they belong. And so you have really, really talented players. And then you take another jump to triple A, which is also a pretty big jump. And that's more you're playing guys who have the talent to be in the big leagues. There just may be a roster crunch. There may be, um, you know, guys are just waiting to get their chance. And so that level is 
extremely, extremely good baseball. Like those guys all have the talent to be in the big leagues. They may just be, you know, unfortunate to not catch a break where, you know, a roster spot opens or they may be in an organization that doesn't feel they're ready and some organization does, but there's no way to get them to that organization. So, um, you know, pitchers are just a little bit more dialed in on their execution. They have better command and, you know, stuff like velocity is not something you're going to see a huge difference. There's guys in single A that throw a hundred, may not be as many guys, but you're going to see a hundred in single A. You're going to see a hundred in triple A. You see a hundred every single day in the big leagues. So um, when it comes to that stuff, it's not as much skill as it is a maybe refined mindset or some sort of characteristic flaw that needs to be adjusted just a tiny bit to give them that one further step. So when, what was that whole transition to pro ball? Like think, thinking that if it was a big jump to double, like I can imagine your first at bat in the big leagues was crazy knowing that now you're facing a hundred plus mile per hour fastballs. You're facing the top players in baseball. Yeah. Um, so I guess the transition to pro ball was honestly tougher than it was for me to transition to the big leagues because the transition to pro ball is when you go from, especially a school like Vandy, where you have top tier facilities, you have great cafeterias you can eat at, everything is kind of included in whatever your program is at school. It is all about like fun and growth. When you get to pro ball, it's all about competitiveness and while you're still on the team you're trying to figure out how to be the best player on that team so you can continue your career so it's a tough thing to kind of deal with in terms of wanting to win but also wanting to do your best so that way you move on so you have to learn to to balance the two and you have to understand that there's other guys on the team who are not going to care about winning the only thing they're going to care about is themselves and then how do you be the ver best version of yourself to be the best teammate to help your team win when other people don't necessarily want to do that? So it's a it's a tricky mindset when when that happens. And then when you get to the big leagues, all of a sudden there's no more levels that you can jump. You are at the pinnacle and all everybody wants to do is win. And you want to leave a legacy. You want to make a name for yourself and you want to have the most fun that you can and enjoy it while you can, because you know, you can't do it forever. So I already had that mindset all, all through pro ball. And so all I wanted to do was play one day in the big leagues. And, and I just wanted to say I made it and that uh, was my dream. And once I accomplished that, it was like, there was a weight off my shoulders where I didn't feel like I had to do as much when it came to pressure on myself. I didn't put pressure on myself at that point. It was, I accomplished what I came here to do. If I, I play a second day, if I play a third day, if I play a full year, that is all bonus. And I would just be so lucky to enjoy that. So, I mean, before the 2019 season, uh, you were traded from the Orioles to the Giants. You had obviously been with the Orioles for, I guess, like almost six years at that point. So, I mean, what was it like switching organizations at that time? You know, was it like a tough move for you? Um, yeah, it was it was pretty tough because I was in Sarasota, Florida, and I got traded with five days left in spring training. So I was getting ready to go up to Maryland and I got told I was traded while I was at home. And they said, you got to pack up all your stuff and uh, 
you know, you got to be on a flight at 6 a.m. tomorrow morning out to Scottsdale, Arizona. So I had to figure out how to get my car there. I had to pack up basically my entire life, fit it in the car, uh, go meet a whole group of new people who I'd never met before, play for a bunch of coaches I'd never met before. And it was really exciting because I I felt like I was stuck in the Orioles system. Uh, they just didn't have a roster spot for me or just didn't see me as a, a viable option where they wanted to give me a chance. And so having fresh eyes, some some new fresh information was kind of the the piece of luck that I really needed to to feel good and to get my chance. So how do you get that whole call being called up to the big leagues and knowing where your debut was? I, I'm sure like it's almost like the same same thing of like the MLB with the NFL draft, but I guess differently almost because like there's no calling up in the NFL, but the MLB has to get called up from the stages to stages. So what's it like knowing that you're finally at this high stage and like how's that whole debut like for you? It was the coolest moment of my life. Um, I I had no idea it was coming. Uh, I got a call. I was trying to fall asleep, and for some reason, I couldn't sleep that night. Um, it was midnight. I was supposed to be on a bus at 4 in the morning to the airport to go on the road, and I got a call from a number in Oregon, and I thought to myself, I was like, why, like, why am I getting a, a spam call at 12 o'clock at night? Like, they shouldn't be working. So I put my phone down and rolled over, and then I realized, I was like, our AAA manager is from Oregon. Uh, he, I forgot to save his number when I first got there. And so I kind of grabbed the phone real quick and picked up and I was like, hello. And he gave me the news that I was getting called up and I had to get on a, in a car at seven o'clock in the morning and go to San Francisco to play in a day game. So I slept like 25 minutes that night and got thrown right into the lineup, uh, played it, played a game, first game in the big leagues. I think I went 0 for 3. Not a great showing, but uh, it was probably one of the coolest experiences. I uh, The fans of San Francisco were so amazing. I struck out my first bat, and like three quarters of the stadium gave me a standing ovation just because they want to support their players, and they're happy for me getting a chance to play in the big leagues. So that was something I'll never forget. So, I mean – Last, I mean, last season, 2021, you, the Giants had a, you know unbelievable season. You guys won over 100 games, and you went to the – you went you played the Dodgers, unfortunately, and beat them in the playoffs, but it, it was, like, unexpected season from you guys. So, I mean, what was that whole experience like that year for you guys? Yeah, that was really, really special. Um, we had a great group of guys. Everyone was focused on the same goal. We just wanted to win. And, uh, you know, there was the narrative of – the Padres versus the Dodgers, these two powerhouses and all the money they were spending. And, you know, everybody kind of doubted us. And so I remember we had a, a meeting and we were saying, you know, all right, let's, let's focus on making the playoffs via wild card. And uh, Brandon Bell kind of stood up and he was like, we're not going to win the wild card. Like we're going to win the West. Like we can, we just have to be the, the nine toughest outs in baseball. And, that's what we went out and did. Everybody was working for each other and we had a really, really clear identity of who we were. We were not this group of, you know, 12 all-stars who were going to go out and, you know, just hit 50 home runs. We were, we were grindy. We were gritty. We were going to play hard every single day and we exhausted teams. We made them not want to play us and it didn't matter about 
the name on the back of our jerseys. It was the one on the front. We were all playing as Giants, and no one could take that away from us at that point. So being a Yankee fan, I know it's a tough question. You don't have to answer in detail, but I do want to know, did you ever think that he that Judge was going to sign? I mean, was it it was being reported, I mean, the whole debacle on Twitter of like him announcing that he was going, that I think it was whoever was announced that he was going to – the Giants, then back to the Yankees. So, I mean, did you guys ever hear the rumors about him coming? Like, were you getting excited, or did you ever have hopes, or what was it sort of like this whole offseason and the craziness of it? Um, anytime that you have an opportunity to get a once-in-a-generation talent like that, you get excited because, obviously, number one, he's going to make your team better. But, number two, I wanted to learn from him. So, that was the – when I started hearing the reports, that was where I put my mindset was, all right, cool. I'm going to get to learn from one of the best hitters in the game right now and be around someone who is a great player, seems like an unbelievable teammate. And, you know, he must be because he's now the captain, you know. So um, but I, I didn't really listen to a whole lot of what was going on on Twitter. I knew it was all speculative and um when you have two massive markets that are doing bidding, it's going to be really hard to outdo the other person. So I knew that the Yankees were going to put up a similar offer. So I wasn't surprised that he went back, but um, I also didn't really have this inkling or gut feeling that he was going to sign with us. I was just going to kind of wait it out and watch how the offseason unfolded. And, you know, obviously he, he got a great deal and made the best choice for what he feels is for his family. So, you know, you have to look at it from a realistic perspective and be happy for the guy because he's worked really hard to get where he is. What is it like playing with some, like, veteran guys? You played with Posey for a couple of years, Brandon Belt, uh, Jock Peterson, Brandon Crawford. So what have you kind of learned from some of those more veteran guys? Yeah, um, playing with Buster was really, really cool. Um, he's incredibly intelligent very humble and I I learned more from him just watching him than talking to him you know the way the way he handled his business the way he kept his cool and tough moments the way that he handled his failures the way that he handled his successes and that can be said for everyone um, but he's he's unique in the sense that he in my opinion should be a first ballot Hall of Famer and to say that you played with a Hall of Famer is pretty cool um, you know I think I think Longo honestly has a chance as well. He's had an incredible career. Um, he's one of the best teammates I've ever played with. Crawford's a great teammate. He uh, he is just so laid back and makes everything look so easy that it's something that, that a lot of people should look more into and how he keeps his heart rate the same all the time. See, he never gets too high, never gets too low. And then with someone like Jock, um, you know, he's he's a little more outgoing. He's He has so much fun, and there's something to learn from every teammate. So you take a little bit of fun from Jock, the intelligence of Buster, you know, Brandon's heart rate, and then, you know, basically everything Evan has done. Um, and you have an unbelievable group of teammates that I've been very lucky to be playing with. So what what are your expectations for this season? You guys have have putting putting together a great roster, and you guys have some stars coming in there. So, I mean, what are your expectations for a season? Um, I I think we we have a chance to be pretty good, and I think uh, the only thing that it's going to come down to is creating a group mentality and playing for each other. You know, playing for the guy next to you and 
when you can really truly be coming together as a group and you play for something other than yourself, special things can happen. Like we saw in 21, um, you know, and obviously we want to try and stay healthy because that's the other big thing that you need to do is, is stay healthy as a team to kind of make a run, especially as you get later on into the year. So hoping to do those things. So we're going to some more like rapid fire questions right now. And number one is what's your favorite sport other than baseball? Uh, hockey. Or, uh, some of your favorite teammates that you've enjoyed playing with? Um, obviously the ones that you guys have named, but uh, another one that sticks out is Stephen Vogt. What are some of your favorite stadiums that you played in? Uh, I love our, our home field. Oracle is incredible. Love Colorado. Uh, love loved my chance to play at Fenway Park. That was really special. Um, and San Diego is a really cool city to play at, too. Uh, what would you say your favorite moment of your whole career has been? Either the three home run game or my home run at Fenway Park. What are your favorite hobbies or things to do besides play baseball? I uh, love golfing and surfing and fishing. And our final question for you is, uh, what's your favorite sports movie? Ooh, I think Miracle. Hey, that's, that's a great one. Great yeah. answer. So. I mean, that's pretty much going to wrap up our interview with you, Mike. Thank you so, so much for hopping on our show. It's been an honor. We hope you have a great rest of your day. Good luck in spring training, and hopefully we can talk again soon, and good luck. Awesome. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it.